And I'm Allie, and welcome to 15 Minutes of Happy, a daily happy podcast. Once a week, we'll be bringing you stories from people just like you. It's only 15 minutes, less time than it takes to judge people for not social distancing. So let's jump right in. Our guest today is Marnie Bax. Marnie owns Trace, an art and design gallery on Philadelphia's main line, which offers unique home decor, art, and jewelry. Marnie's services also include home styling and art consultation, including commissioning one-of-a-kind pieces for clients' homes. Prior to opening her shop, Marnie bravely left a thriving 17-year career in talent management and human resources to take a chance on this new venture. Aside from being an art aficionado, Marnie is also a mom to seven-year-old Julia, and she enjoys running and focusing on healthy living. Allie and Marnie have known each other for about 20 years, and Marnie's cousin, Dr. Drew, but not that Dr. Drew, is a dentist to both Allie and me. Hi, Marnie. Hi, Marnie. Welcome. Uh, Robin. Happy to have you here. Thanks for having me. So tell us your elevator pitch, who you are, what you've been doing, how you feel during this time. This is your time in our lives. Yeah. I'm originally from Atlanta. I moved out to this area after I went to college. I am a single mom to a seven-year-old daughter named Julia. And I decided after you know 17 years of being in corporate that I needed to make a switch. And a very wise friend and dear friend looked at me one day and said, do what you love that makes you happy and the money will come. And that was, it hit me like a lightning bolt. And after going through all of my parents' things, after my mother passing, I was ready to make a switch. And while it's exhausting and tiring running a retail space in brick and mortar, especially during COVID, I absolutely wouldn't change it for the world. So that was our one of our first questions. That's a really bold move, you know, something in this time in our lives, you know, not middle age as it were or not, but you know, I'm to, not middle age. I know. I'm not either. I'm like 18 pretty much, but you know, and to go from a corporate career where you know what you're doing and you're successful to just throw it out that out the window. I think that's really brave and also very scary. Where did you find the courage to to be able to do that? It's a really good question. Number one is that I, you know, unfortunately, and I don't say this to make anybody sad. I say this because it's my truth and it's my reality is that, you know, I was a caregiver to two parents with cancer and I watched what they went through. And one of the biggest things I learned was that life is too short to sit around and not do what makes you happy and to also be afraid of the consequences and to take risks. So I knew that I had already really been through the worst of it. And I had, you know, I had also gone through a divorce and I said, there's no better time than right now. And so, you know, the expression feel the fear and do it anyways has driven me since I was in my early twenties and it was that time. And I truthfully took about at least a solid year of dealing with my sadness from the loss of my mother, from losing kind of everything that I knew to be normal, but figuring out what it was that made me happy, which was, it was art and music. And I knew that I had that in my background and I knew that both parents were artists. They were thriving entrepreneurs in Atlanta. I came from a long line of entrepreneurs and I had this in my blood and it's just been so rewarding to be able to go, you know what, we're still going to take risks on every single day and every moment. And we're going to have to pivot, especially with what's going on. But guess what? If I didn't take the chance, I would never have known. And guess what? There's the other side of it, which is if I fail, I fail. I failed a million times. Who cares? You got to just keep trying and keep going. 
Amazing. Love that. I know. I just, I'm like, so, because I feel like a lot of people in and around our age group are coming to that point where work-life balance is, is way off and you're trying to find satisfaction somewhere, you know, like that's the dream. I mean, let's be totally transparent. There's no balance. Right. You know, I think, you know, you're forced to make your own balance. And I, what I always say is, is that I take pauses and I learned truthfully based on what I've been through personally, I've learned to take serious pauses and my pauses are pretty fantastic. I lay around and do nothing, you know, and people are like, you know, I, I, I just, I have to keep going. I have to stay busy. Why? What do you need to do that for? Like lay around and do nothing and enjoy the nothingness. And it's really gratifying. It's a total refresher. And you have to take care of yourself. And I think that was one of the biggest lessons I learned after I had gone through, you know, the tragedy. And really, I don't talk about this as far as my brand goes and as far as the store goes, but I really had suffered um, PTSD from watching the loss of two parents and, and being a caregiver to them while they had cancer. And, and also, mind you, working full-time in corporate mm-hmm. and being the mother to, at the time, she was four and a half when, or no, I'm sorry, she was two and a half when my mom was diagnosed all the way to four and a half. So it was a struggle. And I didn't breathe. I didn't know what was going on. So I learned to finally go, okay, if I don't put the oxygen mask on myself first, nothing's going to be okay. And I think that's the biggest thing that people miss is that we feel as though, what about the kids and what about my husband or what about anything else? And if you don't stop and pause and really evaluate what makes you happy or how to take care of yourself, then nothing, everything else is going to fall flat. And that was truly how it all kind of came together. How do you find being your own boss compared to how you were, where you were in corporate world for 17 years, like going off onto your own and being your own boss? Like, how is that for you? Is it freeing for you? Or do you have times where it's like very overwhelming for you? A little bit of both? How is it compared to what you came from? Yeah. So the one thing that I'll say to anybody who's looking to be your own boss, the quarterback or the coach does not need to hand out water bottles. So you really, if you're going to be your own boss, you need to make sure that you can't micromanage and you can't try to be an expert in things that you are not. And I have a team of five and there's two are consultants and three are part-time, but I know that I cannot do this all on my own. And I don't try to, there's just no way people look at me and they go, Oh, your social media is so amazing. And I'm like, right. Because I don't do that. There's no way, you know, so I know what my strengths are and I know where my downfalls are. And I absolutely don't try to focus on the things that I'm not good at. So what I always suggest to anybody who wants to be their own boss is find an expert in that field and let them handle it. Lose control. You can't handle those things. So how has it been during this time? You know, like how was your, your online shop doing during quarantine? And now what's the plan moving forward? We had just hit our one year mark when quarantine hit. I had my, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I had my immediate, I don't want to say panic, but I definitely had a panic. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about pausing. I took probably a solid two days to grieve because it felt again, like somebody just looked at me and said, I'm sorry, Marty, but you know, your parent has uh-huh. or cancer because literally that's what it felt like. You had to, I had to um, cope with that news. I had yeah. to know that there's a really solid opportunity that your blood, sweat and tears that you just have been working on for the last three years between planning and execution could all just fall flat. 
So I took two days to sort of mentally deal with that. And then after that, I said, okay, we're going to figure this out. And my, my e-commerce website was actually already a part of the business plan. And we literally just overhauled it. We had a couple of products that we knew we could move that people needed during COVID. For mm-hmm. example, puzzles to keep the family busy. Yeah. And so instead of focusing on me trying to sell the things that you know are not going to sell, I mean, to be totally transparent, our jewelry has been a number one seller. I can't sell jewelry to save my life right now. And that's okay, right? I'm not going to focus on it. I can't control it. So we just really focused on what people would get enjoyment out of. And so we focused on our e-commerce strategy. We focused on, you know, deliveries and things of that nature. But beyond that, I just was sort of like, all right, let's just see how things um, turn and go from there. So we should probably jump into the lightning round because time is running short. So. Yes, it is. All right. Marnie, who would you cast to play you in the movie version of your life? Okay, so this is a really tough question for me. So obviously, when I first got separated and was like, truth be told, loving life, <laughs> uh, not because, I mean, I just, it was like a new thing. And I mean, I had, it was hard, but I was definitely like Mila Kunitz in Bad Moms. And, but the second person I would say who's always been 100% who I have wanted to be since I was probably seven or eight years old um, I really resonate with Stephanie Zanoni, a.k.a. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes. 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 Like, she wants a cool I, rider. I, yeah. Like, I could do cool rider every day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so much fun. So, yes. Oh, no God. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Allie, who's playing you? I think it's Sarah Silverman. Ooh, that's a good one for you. I like that. I, I, I kind of want to be here. She's, like, cool and hilariously funny, and so am I. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> so that's my answer. Yes. I like All that right. she doesn't uh, mess around talking about like mental illness either. Mm-hmm. Like she's exactly. very open about it. And it's appreciated because she was one of the first, I think, you know, female celebrities to be like, this is a problem and mm-hmm. we need to discuss it. So, yeah. Agreed. She's awesome. She she's is awesome. awesome. She's going to play me. How about you, Rob? Um, Tina Fey, hands down. I've always said it. I love her. I think she is smart and she is funny Mm -hmm. and she is just like girl boss kicking ass. I just, I love, I love her. So, and she's a Philly girl. So Tina Fey. I see it for sure. Yes. All right. Next up, Marnie, if you could live anywhere in the world for a year, where would you live? I, you know, I would say Hawaii, which I know a lot of people would say, but frankly, I've never been there. I always have (laughs) I've always said that if I didn't have my seven-year-old, I'd be selling coconuts in Hawaii on the beach. I'm a cancer. I'm a water sign. I'm happiest on the water. And frankly, I just, there's just no better place in the world that I would love to explore. I'm also, I mean, I love travel. I love adventure. I love hiking. As Allie said, I'm a little bit of a jock. So bring it on. Awesome. All right, Allie, where are you living for a year? Um, I would be getting an RV. And I would be just driving around the country for the entire year. Like, I actually want to do that in my life right now. I want to just get rid of everything I own, get an RV. My kids can learn on the road about real life. There are so many beautiful places outside of the U.S., but I feel like there's so many beautiful places in the U.S., and I want to see all of them. So that's what I'd be doing. I'd be in my RV, just traveling around. I love it. How about you? I would be on the Amalfi Coast of Italy. It is beautiful. The food is amazing. It is just 
laid back and I want to live near the water. In real life, I want to live near water. I don't care if it's like a little babbling brook in my backyard, but to be able to wake up every day and look out, you know, at gorgeous blue water for miles and miles and then like go somewhere and like drink the best wine and eat the best meal you've ever had. I think that's, uh, I think that's top notch living. So that's where I'll be. I love that. Um, all right. And then finally, okay. What one celebrity would you choose to have over for dinner? So I have a, um, a huge obsession with Saturday night live. So like I, I have a thing for Kate McKinnon. I, it's very hard to pick too, by the way, like mm-hmm. I could choose all of that whole entire scene, like AD Bryant. I absolutely love, but she's my favorite. Uh, I love her. I, 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 I have a little girl crush on her. I really do. I just think she's like, she's just so funny. I love her. I mean, I also love Ellen DeGeneres. That's mm-hmm. kind of an obvious one, but I, and Oprah Winfrey, like I was thinking about this question because I was very much like a latchkey kid. And one of the reasons why I also being my own boss and I'm extremely independent just based on my parents getting divorced when I was a young age, and I spent the majority of my high school time alone, Oprah Winfrey, like, I was glued to my TV set every day at 4.30. So, like, there's this part of me that, like, just watches her, and I could still cry watching every episode of her, and I would sit around and watch her with my mother. So there's the part of her that's inspired, but there's a part of Oprah Winfrey that is just feels so uh, a connection to who I am as a human being and growing up. So there's, I couldn't, I couldn't pick one, but I would definitely say Kate McKinnon and Oprah Winfrey. But frankly, if they were together, I feel like that would be the ultimate. The ultimate. Mm -hmm. I I used to watch Oprah with my mom after school Mm -hmm. every day. I think women of our age, it's you you watch it with our parents or our mom. And it's like, yeah. I feel like that's weird now. Like when I think of it, I'm like, that's weird. I came home from school and watched Oprah with my mom, but it's what I did. All right, Allie, who are you? I'm trying to, I, I've been trying, I've been wondering who this person is for you that you're having over for dinner. I'm very interested to know. I feel like I guess this, but go. Oh, go ahead and guess it. I mean, I would say Janine Garofalo for you. Only because of the Hot American Summer. Oh, I do. Yeah, I do. But like, or Paul Rudd, like, Mm. hi. No, yeah. but Allie, Allie doesn't like when he talks. I don't like when yeah. he talks. I do love One Hot American Summer, but Janine was like the least favorite character in it. My answer is not Danny McBride, even though Robin probably no. thought it was. I actually have another guess. Can I, sh- can I put it out there? Yeah. Dave Grohl. It is Dave Grohl. Yes! Wow. Uh, yes! Winner! Winner! Wait, why do you know this? Have we talked about this? No, you once told me that you like think he is just the coolest person the in music. Yeah, he's just the coolest guy in life. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not like one that really I don't really care to hang out with a sub- celebrity. I don't even want to have any of them over for dinner. But <laughs> he, he just seems like a re- like he's just very real. He mm-hmm. appears like he's just himself and he's cool. He's awesome. He's funny. Dave, if you are listening to this podcast, you're welcome for dinner. You you wear your mask. You can come in or we can hang out on the patio (laughs) since, you know, social distancing. But you're welcome anytime. I love it. Yes. Very proud of myself. Yeah. I'm proud of you too. That was impressive. Thank you. Is is yours uh, Dan Levy? But you know what? (laughs) So here's my thing. Again, I'm bringing Tina Fey back. I would love to have her over for dinner, but then it's like, would I be having dinner with myself? Is that saying that I, I think really highly of myself? I don't know. Would love to have her over for dinner. But other than having her over, hands down, Dan Levy, ah. hilarious, smart, 
adorable to look at. Just like I, I can just imagine us like talking for hours and hours and hours and then like snuggling up on the couch in a completely platonic best friend way. Good job with the Dan Levy. Yeah. Wow. Look at All right. us. All right. Um, Marnie, thank you so much for being here with us. That was awesome and very inspiring. Thank you so much, Marnie. Thank you. Awesome. And I, I can't wait to come visit you and poke around your store. Fifteen Minutes of Happy is hosted by me, Robin Raskin. And me, Allie Levin. Our fearless and adorable producer is my husband, Eric Raskin. Our theme music is Made Me So Happy by Jim Boja. And our incredible cover art is by Scott Harrison. Follow us on Instagram at Daily Happy Podcast. And if you know someone who is putting some joy out there into the world, please slide into our DMs and let us know. Enjoy the week, everybody, and keep finding your happy. Bye. Bye. I'm just loving you right now. She found her inner hoe. If I like just pass out on the floor, you'll know why. What? What? Blah, blah, blah.